Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, wherever you are in the world. This is Tammy. Just wanted to come on here and uh, share with you when grieving the mother or child we want. When do we do that? Just wanted to kind of talk about that today because grieving is just a word that means letting go releasing right we immediately associate that with the death or transition of something or someone from our lives be it a person a situation a job a relationship a house you know some so many people are having to leave homes that they have known for a while because everything is in flux whether it's because uh, Mother Earth is upset and um, there's a transition underway or whether it's birth mother relationship and we're needing a little time and space away from our children or uh, they're needing time away from us or whatever the back and forth is with the mother-child relationship, the most sacred relationship ever known to man. Um, it is the learning tree of the soul. This relationship is what is the master teacher of the soul. And that's the orientation that we have here at MDT Academy. I'm Tammy Taylor. I am an inner work life coach specializing in mama drama trauma, a condition in which the mother projects unhealed aspects of herself onto the child causing emotional and or physical trauma. It is a cycle. So mama has mama drama trauma. If I have mama drama trauma, my mama has mama drama trauma and her mama has mama drama trauma until somebody breaks the cycle. I broke the cycle in my family line. Yes, I did. And it came at a tremendous cost. And there has been tremendous, tremendous multiplied times 10 blessings and opportunities, one of which is speaking with you right now about how to heal this Um ancestral uh, disorder. And so this sacred bond, this mother-child bond has its role in our soul evolution because when the soul incarnates into form through the mother as the vessel, the nurturing, the incubating vessel, we get downloaded all of our programs from previous lives, okay? Our memories, things like that are downloaded into the fetus, into the embryo from the mother, all of that in a way because the soul is so big, right? Um, And it's just incarnated in this one little body for this one little lifetime. That's a blink of an eye, not even a speck of dust, but it, it it filters itself into this little 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 bitty 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 buddy, just to have an evolutionary experience, and it does so through a very specific soul that it loves, that it knows very well. It's had many lifetimes with the soul. That's why the bond is so strong. Sometimes it has been the father to that soul, the brother, the uncle, the daughter. The mother. Many times we've been our mother's mother. Very close, very close souls. And so 
we incarnate into this form and we have all of these experiences, right? And not all of them great. That's why we're here. We're always in this realm until we evolve to a certain frequency, a certain vibratory frequency that cannot can no longer be controlled by the illusions of emotion. This is an emotional realm, okay? And so the astral realm is a realm that is an emotional realm, but it's a conscious emotional realm. You know, that's why when we see things like mediums talking to people and whatever like that, and they're always ready to talk to somebody and waiting, they're, they're, we're conscious in that realm. The soul is aware of what it's feeling, in other words. It doesn't live in denial. It's, it knows exactly what's going on, okay? And so we're here until we learn how to face our shadows in a self-loving way. We're here in this material realm until the soul has really mastered its emotions and how to look at them and reflect with our emotional state in a self-loving way, not in a self-judging or self-condemning way. And so what Mama Drama Trauma does, it is a master school for the soul to evolve in that kind of self-love through the denial of maternal Love, the way that particular body mind, that particular form that it incarnates in with those particular memories, with those particular experiences, the way that form needs to have love. That's why siblings don't always experience MDT, because everybody has their own unique way that they experience love. So we're very clear with Mama Drama Trauma. It has to do with our particular needs not being fulfilled. And we can confirm those through our relationship with our mother. Because 9.9 times out of 10, or 99% of the time, our unmet needs are the exact same ones that our birth mother had with regard to her mother. Okay, and I've talked before about the three P's of presence, protection, and provision. Um, that being a cycle of unmet needs with people with MDT. So when do we grieve? When do we let go of that? When do we become consciously aware of that and are able to say, okay, this is what this is teaching me. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of whatever this dramatic situation is that keeps repeating itself, whether it is uh, constant criticism, verbal abuse, physical abuse. We know the, the, the gory details. That's why I don't talk about them a lot because everybody has their own unique situation. Some people, it's not that at all. Some people with mama drama trauma, it's because they're a highly sensitive person. And the environment was just too loud all the time, you know? So we all have our own unique needs, okay? And that kind of soul needs peace to feel loved, okay? And so that's where we have this combative thing back and forth with, well, I gave you everything. Well, I didn't experience that. And so when is it time to grieve? When is it time to let all that go? It's time to let all that go 
when that unmet need is controlling our lives to the point of it's hurting ourselves and it's hurting other people. So, for example, if my need is for peace in a very rambunctious, loving environment, but it feels to me like an attack from a child until I'm able to leave that environment. It feels like an attack. It feels like my space isn't being honored. It feels like I don't have the space to have peace of mind. And it is very, um, you know, excruciating for me. Okay. And so I come to this point in my life where that has been my hardwired experience. And so I carry that experience with me, just like the soul carries experiences lifetime after lifetime, right? We do that within lifetimes. And so using that as an example, carrying that with us to our own lives in college or our own lives um, in relationships. And so we have the unexpressed expectation that now that I'm out of that environment, This new environment is going to give me what I need. This job, this relationship, okay, this new home, this environment is going to give me the peace that I've craved for my entire life, that unspoken, that unexpressed need following us. And we move into a fantastic apartment on the outskirts of town, right off the highway, so we can get right into town within 15 minutes. But our neighbors are so loud once we move in. It was so quiet and serene when we looked at the place. But then we move there, we get all settled in, and these people are partying all the time out here. You know, (laughs) even the whatever, the residency club or whatever is always having some kind of event. And they even blow horns when it's time for the event to start. And, you know, just loud music for the barbecues. And how did this happen? Okay, so I'm in a year lease. And so I have to deal with that. And then it's the same type of thing at my job. You know, I'm um, when I first got the job, I was in an office by myself. But now there's been some moving around and they're cubicles. You know how loud and bright those are. And so (laughs) this unmet need remains unmet. And what begins to happen and what we don't notice in our young years is the stress begins to increase. The um, anxiety and that builds, you know, because we haven't acknowledged it. So with Mama Drama Trauma Academy, our healing process is the same process. It's based on Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five uh, grieving steps, as we know, are the first thing we do when we have to let go of something or someone in our lives, have to release it. We deny, you know, it's, oh, did that really happen? Are you sure? You know, that denial. Okay. And it can even go so deep as just not accepting that the person or the situation is gone and fighting for it. You know, denial is the first one. Anger, then being upset once, you know, you 
admit that, okay, this has happened. And it's like, oh, but I'm mad about this. You know, where, what am I going to do without this thing or this person? The third step of the grieving process is bargaining. You know, okay, so this is what has happened. I'm really upset about it, God. And so if I do what I always said I was going to do, and I finally do it, well, then you'll take the pain away. Or if I go ahead and I, it's always something about doing something we always say we're going to do at this point. You know, we haven't followed through with our soul promise. And so that's how all of us always know that we have this internal soul promise. We make these promises to ourselves. And When we lose things that were able to compensate for us not fulfilling those self-promises, they come back into focus. And so that's what bargaining is about. The fourth step of grieving and letting go is the depression that comes after that. After we make that bargain again, that promise again, it dawns on us, oh man, I got a lot of work to do to fulfill this. And it's more work than before because now I'm having to heal from this grief, not realizing they're connected. Okay, grief is always connected with bringing us back to that soul point of purpose in our lives. And then finally, acceptance. Okay, we finally accept what we've had to let go and what we are letting go of. So that is the grieving process that we all go through and not necessarily that order, but the research that uh, Kubler-Ross did in the convalescence homes when friends were transitioning and the remaining elders were sharing what they were experiencing. That's the typical kind of sequence, but some people start off, you know, with depression you know, and then go into denial and then go into the anger, okay, and acceptance. So everyone, as in all of these sequenced processes, has their own unique way of touching on these uh, nerves, touching on these frequencies of progression through that process. Likewise, with the MDT Academy and our release process of letting go of the child we want, that fantasy child, you know, that child we envisioned in our womb. You know, we didn't know that we were downloading uh, information and frequencies into our womb specifically for that child from that soul. And so it really only had to, anything to do with us insofar as we connected as a soulmate, but we didn't know that we weren't in control of it, but it certainly felt like we did <laughs> carrying this baby around. It certainly felt like it. And again, depending on the personality of the individual, uh, many mothers-to-be don't feel like that at all. They don't feel like they're in control. They're totally in alignment with the higher energies and know that that is what they are carrying within. So we're all very unique. And when we get to this similar state of evolution that has to do with letting go of the fantasy child who we wanted our child to be, who they should be, who we know they could be. When do we accept them 
for who and what they are. Who they are sharing with us they are, telling us they are, and wanting us to accept. When do we get to that place that we're able to do that? When do we get to that place when we're able to accept and truly listen to the priorities of our mothers? I was recently working with someone that it was, it took a while, I'll say, to come to the place of acknowledging that the mother's needs for presence and provision and protection were so great that there was no way possible that she could provide those for her child. She didn't have those met herself. Furthermore, because they were not met, she was constantly on the hunt for a partner to meet them for her. So her way of mothering was not to insist that her child did that, as some mothers do choose to do that. But again, we're all very unique in how we respond to circumstances. None is better or worse or good or bad. It's all based on our unique setup how our soul is set up to evolve and grow. That's how the mother-child setup is going to be. And that's why every situation of mama drama trauma is unique. So in her situation, coming to that realization was so healing for her because she realized it had nothing to do with her. And that took away so much anguish around not feeling good enough, not being heard, boyfriends always being more important than her. Yes, they were because she never, and her grandmother was still alive. Now her grandmother gave her more protection, provision, and and presence as often as the case. We get a second chance with our grandchildren than she does with her mother even today. But she, but we still have the fantasy mother, don't we? <clears throat> Who she could be. I know my mother could be this way, and I've seen glimpses of it. She, she's been very caring and very present with me. Why can't she just be that way all the time? You know, accepting what is—that's the grieving process. Getting through those stages, and for us, they're actually six. Instead of denial, the first step of letting go of the fantasy mother, fantasy child in the Mama Drama Trauma Academy of Learning and in the Six Suit Oracle deck, spell the word ASPIRE. This acronym sets us up for a six-stage healing process. Again, the sequence is uniquely taken up by each of us based on our unique setup. A stands for acknowledge as opposed to denial. Our first step to heal mama drama trauma has to be acknowledging the reality that our mother is not ready, willing, or able to accept her own MDT because MDT is a cycle. And we've come to that conclusion conclusively. That, that conclusion has been met emphatically through either some continual horrific discourse about it 
or through just a lifetime of experiencing the denial that says it ain't budget that it ain't nothing wrong with me. It's all you is there to stay until somebody <laughs> moves the knob. And I guess I'm going to be the one that has to turn the dial and I'm turning it towards the direction of acknowledgement. I acknowledge mama drama trauma, the condition in which the mother projects unhealed aspects of herself onto her child causing emotional and or physical trauma. In cases where the mother is unable, unwilling, and not ready to heal her own MDT, because it is a cycle, loving detachment is required for the child to live a healthy, happy, and whole life. And how we live a happy, healthy, and whole life is through acknowledgement, first and foremost. It must be acknowledged. Now, that doesn't mean that the mother never will be ready, willing, and able. That doesn't mean the mother is wrong, again, because she's not ready, willing, and able, or that our child is wrong. I work with mothers who've come to a place where they are ready, willing, and able. But because they have had a lifetime of MDT and raised their children with MDT, the children or the child, the son or the daughter, may not be ready. So it goes both ways. This is a powerful, powerful bond. It is the learning tree of the soul. It is the most sacred masterclass of the soul, the mother-child bond. And wouldn't it be taboo in this realm? <laughs> in the soul realm, that's all our angels, guys, and ancestors are really paying attention to because it's the foundation of all of what we do and all of who we are in this life. All of our relationships are based on that relationship with the mother. All of them. It's just a reverberation. It's a recycling of the entire wiring, the body-mind wiring. It's just played out again and again. And we cry out in prayer. We cry out in assistance. We cry out through our whole lives for things that show up as a young Levant that says wearing a different pair of pants, but it's the same exact issue. And so after we acknowledge, then it opens us up to the second stage of release of forgiveness with mama drama trauma. There's six that after we acknowledge, then we're able to engage in S, the S in aspire, because we aspire to live in love and detachment and self-inquiry is the practice of releasing the shame, blame, and guilt around, specifically blame with self-inquiry, because blame is really about that mother-child dyad, that back and forth. Well, I was shamed, and so now I'm going to blame you. Oh, okay, and so now I'm guilty because I blamed you. And so it's this tit for tat. Self-inquiry allows us to release that for a moment. It takes a minute. But with the practice, that's why everybody's talking about practice. And that's why everybody's doing more practices now. And we can hear it in the talks and we can hear it in our exchanges. People are doing more reflective practices. Self-inquiry is the practice of putting that on hold, that shame, blame, and guilt, the SBG, for a moment of self-curiosity instead of... You are so wrong. This is so wrong. Why? Instead of that, okay, just put it on pause for a moment. 
we can then be self-curious and say, why am I still here in this apartment complex? This, this condo that's constantly partying. Why am I still here? I need to start looking for a place immediately and get my cousin, who's an attorney, to look at my lease and to look at my medical records where I have had anxiety issues associated with noisy environments and see how I can get out of here. Why am I still here? Why am I still in a place that doesn't honor what I need? Because I'm not honoring what I need. And it's not about blaming myself. It's about getting to the third step, which is the P, processing. Let's keep it moving. The third step and the third letter in Aspire and the release process of the mother and the child that we fantasize about, letting them go for the real one that we have. We have to process those emotions. Okay, so self-inquiry can be scary for people because it is a kind of a tripping into that dark tunnel of the dark night. And it's a place where we really have to kind of stand and decide, okay, am I going to straighten up and kind of start gingerly walking down through here because I know the other side is where I really need to be. I know the other side is really the condo that is quiet, or maybe it's not even the condo. Maybe it's a little old house somewhere that I can rent that's been renovated. Maybe it's, I don't know, it's dark, but I know what I need is down there. Am I going to keep walking that way or the light is bright on my back? Just turn right back around to what I know. That's processing. That's processing. We have to process all that after the self-inquiry. So we don't have time to blame ourselves for being where we are. No, we know why we're where we are. It's because we have MDT and MDT is a cycle. We know it's going to take a minute because mama got it and grandma got it and great grandma had it. So we know it's going to take a minute. It's going to take a minute. It's going to take a minute. So I need to be kind enough to myself, in other words, in this moment of processing these emotions so that Next time, because there will be a next time. It takes a minute. Next time I find myself in these types of circumstances, for one, because I'm doing my processing work, that it won't be as bad. It won't be as bad. This is terrible. It won't be terrible, but it will trigger me, kind of get me riled. And the next time that happens around my space not being honored and I need peace, I know I need to up my game in that area. I'm no longer unconscious. I've done the self-inquiry. I'm self-curious. I'm not self-judging. I'm in a constant state of processing. Processing is also where we begin to establish boundaries and is the most difficult part next to acknowledgement. Acknowledgement, it either never comes or when it comes, it comes so grievously talk about take a minute. It it takes usually several months for people to kind of really wrap around the acknowledgement. But then the self-inquiry, that's fun because it's a whole new way of thinking. But then processing comes. Processing, that's the boundary setting time. 
because that's what we're actually doing, right? We're actually putting things in motion to set that boundary. I'm not taking this noise no more. That's it. Got the message. I'm creating this situation that's been hardwired and I need to stop. Boundary. Okay. And what also happens here that makes this a challenging period, but a very personally empowering one at the same time, of course, the yin and yang of it, is that this is the stage of guilt because we also must draw those boundaries with the mother or draw those boundaries with the child. They must be very clearly defined based on that reflection, based on that processing. They must be very intentionally established and maintained. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of good work, though, because it's the kind of work that you are allowed to be seen and be heard finally. It may not be in a Hollywood or a uh, popular social media way with a whole bunch of likes and hearts, but it's going to be in the way that the soul needs it. And as far as I'm concerned, there's no better way to be acknowledged. There's no better way for me to be seen. There is no better way in this world for me to be heard as far as I'm concerned. And that's why I do this work. So P and aspire is the third step of letting go. The fourth step is I. That stands for integrity. After doing that kind of work, yes, we are standing in integrity. There's a difference between telling the truth and telling ourselves the truth. This integrity, this aspiration to live in loving detachment from the shame, blame, and guilt, the mama drama trauma, this telling ourselves the truth about what it is and how we feel and how we are going to live in relationship to this reality is integrity. And that's different for everybody. Some people are on the extremes. I am on the extreme, which is why I can understand every step in between. I am on the extreme of complete alienation, isolation, and estrangement. That's the happy, healthy, whole space for me. For others, they're on the entire other extreme, still very close and intimately involved in the mother-child relationship, both physically living in the same environment and emotionally connected in that environment on a day-to-day -day basis, working out their integrity in terms of what the boundaries need to be in order to make that relationship healthy, okay? That other extreme is a very codependent relationship. I'm not okay unless you're okay. If I'm not okay, my child's not okay. If my child's not okay, I'm not okay. I'm not okay unless mama's okay. And mama's not okay unless I'm okay. That kind of codependency, once acknowledged as a cycle of anxiety, of sickness, a cycle of perpetual unmet needs, being smothered is a very confining, constricting environment.
And we have other needs in life. We have other relationships and things to develop. But integrity is different for each of us. And depending on the soul setup of each individual person, there are many people who have codependent relationships. And for this particular lifetime, that's exactly what they need to do is learn how to connect with people more, learn how to feel people more. So that's why there's no judgment or condemnation with any of this. We don't have enough information to do that. I know we're told we do from various disciplines, and I was raised in one. I was raised in one. <laughs> so I get it. And uh, it's still a very foundational basis of my spirituality, my Baptist upbringing, and the church founded by my maternal grandparents. Yes, indeed. However, foundations are foundations. They are built upon. And Integrity is the truth I tell myself about the kind of healing I need. And that's a journey, too. That's the yellow brick road. We'll see what happens. We'll see what kind of strange friends meet us upon our journey and what they reflect to us. Do I not have a brain in this situation? Do I need more courage? You know? Maybe I need a heart. You know, maybe I need a heart. Maybe I do need to be more connected. For me and my journey, it had to do with you need to stop people pleasing. You too, you are too connected. You are codependent. You need to get all the way on the other side of the planet. Okay? That's what you need to do. And you need to learn to love yourself. <laughs> Okay, so it just depends. But the principles are the same in terms of the healing process. Our fifth step for us is rebirth and resurrection. Because after we tell ourselves the truth and we work our yellow brick road, just like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, we douse the witch with the Holy Spirit, the water. And what is the witch? The witch is the family cycle of shame, blame, and guilt. I'm not worthy of my ruby red shoes, my birthright to be healthy, happy, and whole. I'm not worthy of having my friends support me. Yeah, my mind may not always be right, but I'm worthy of the support I need to get it right. I'm worthy of having the coaching that I need. Yeah, my heart may not always be where it needs to be, but I'm worthy of people around me who do have their heart in the right place to support and to love me through my process. I might all not always have the courage I need to go through the dark night or the dark forest. But if I have somebody with me that does, I can make it. I'm worthy of that. That's rebirth. That's rebirth. Having asked Oz, symbolizing great father energy, for help and receiving it through your very own mind, body, courage. Receiving it through yourself as Christ did and demonstrates through us every day through our spirit, through the Christ consciousness of eternal grace and mercy. It's one of my favorite cards in the Mama Drama Trauma Healing Oracle Deck. 
when the Christ Consciousness card shows up. It's a heart chakra card. No, actually, that is in the um, rebirth suit. That's a throat chakra card. Yeah, Christ Consciousness is a blue card. Um, so this rebirth is the stage where we let go, where we grieve that fantasy mother or child really deeply, really deeply to our core. She doesn't exist. That fantasy mother, she doesn't exist. Something better does. Someone better does. Great mother does. <laughs> our birth mother is just a goddess that is a materialized form of great mother, just like the earth that we walk upon is a materialized form of great mother, just like the emotions and the intuition that we feel is a form of great mother. So we have plenty of mamas, other mothers is what I call them, plenty, more than we can name. All you got to do is ask people in the Hindu culture how many mothers there are, how many goddesses, devas there are. And they get, everybody tells you they, they don't know. There's too many. So there's never a loss of that. And when we know that the rebirth is we are no longer projecting our unmet needs onto other people, onto other situations and onto other mothers in a demanding way, unconsciously because of our unmet needs. But we are now grateful. We're gracious appreciative of the mercy of great mother to come through someone to mother us with that courage we need with that little bit more heart that we need with that little bit more stability of ment of our mental space that we need that's the rebirth and it is a process a process that took me when I got to that stage of rebirth, it was an intellectual one for a good five years. Intellectually, I was there. Okay, okay. I've let go of who I think mama should be. Okay, I know I see her for who she is. It took me five years to really get to a place of being lovingly detached from that fantasy. Took me a good five years to let go of that fantasy. Once I realized I had it and who it was, I had to give face and form to it because I was really projecting that fantasy on to my mother. And it was a cognitive dissonance between what I was grieving as my unmet need of her not being present for me even to this day in many ways, but yet I was superimposing this fantasy image and I was conversing with that image and being mad at that image for not giving me what I knew that image could give me. I knew it could because that's the fantasy. I wasn't talking to mama. <laughs> that's why she was like, what the hell? But I mean, you know, who do you think I am? My fantasy? Well, Took a minute to let it go. But when I finally did, it, it, it allowed me to open up to the final stage of that release, emancipation. 
Emancipation is more than acceptance of what is. Emancipation is the freedom to practice the Christ consciousness. It's the freedom to actually practice that. What is it we were told to do on the Sermon of the Mount? Proclaim freedom to the spiritual captives. Proclaim joy to those in the bondage of fear. And to heal others in accordance with the will of God. It is the will of Great Mother, Father, God that we are happy, healthy, and whole. Now, whether or not that is our free will, because we are free whether we are conscious or not. And therefore, we use that freedom accordingly. But emancipation in the MDT Academy of releasing the fantasy child and releasing the fantasy mother is the emancipation of the freedom of the soul. Our divinity identity, which says, I am a dearly loved divine child of the great mother, father, God, who is never judged, condemned, or left alone. There are consequences for actions. We live in the physical realm. We have incarnated in a realm where there is an equal opposite reaction for a reaction. That's just the way it is. We live in loving detachment from that, too. We are children. We are here to grow and to explore. That's what we're here to do. That's why there is no judgment or condemnation. But there's the opportunity through release of illusions about who we are based on mama drama trauma that allows us to experience that true emancipation. I hope that has been useful. If anyone would like to Share with me what you think of that, what you get from that. I know for me, what I get is sometimes this information can be a bit overwhelming, a bit much all at once. And I would like to know if that's your experience of this information or is it true what I'm hearing? The consciousness that's emerging from so many people that people are ready for this on a wider scale than um, not that that is my ambition. My ambition is to connect with those that this message connects with that it is helpful to you. And so it's helpful to me to know if it is, because there are definitely other ways that I could be <laughs> using my time, but I'm not going to even front. I love to do this and um, I'm, I'm guided, you know, to do it. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it, but I want to um, be in a dialogue with individuals who might be able to inform, that's it, inform me of how this is hitting you, where this is hitting you, why this is hitting you. Because I'm uh, coming up with some things that um, I want to um be sure serves you. Like, say, for example, 
I just went over the six steps of releasing, grieving that fantasy mother, that fantasy child. Okay. And so, like I said, that's a lot of information. Would it be useful for you to say, for example, instead of having something all in one WAP like that, for me to just do one talk on acknowledge, for example, and all the phases of that, as opposed to the whole, you know, kitten caboodle or a whole talk on self-inquiry, a discussion around um, blaming versus self-curiosity. Because you notice the play on that, you know, there's a yin-yang there, right? And it's a funny yin-yang because when we say blame, obviously we're talking about another person. But in reality, blaming is just a projection of our own shadow onto others. And so this is what this work does. This work keeps us right in that healing space, sitting there with it. And it's it, 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 it's, it's a hot seat, but I thank God for that because if it wasn't, I'd still be uh, trying to process the fantasy mother and I wouldn't be talking to you now. I'd still be there because that is a trip letting that fantasy go. That's hardwired. And as a mother, that's hardwired, that fantasy you have for your child. And you think that that's who you're talking to when you're talking to your child. You think you're talking to your fantasy. And that's a whole nother person. That's the disconnect. You know, and so we project these things. And so what we do at the academy is we shift that in a way that we can sit on that hot seat without getting burned. We can sit on that hot seat with loving detachment. We can walk through the fire. We can walk through the fire with self-curiosity. That is how we walk through the fire of blame. Realizing I'm blaming this person for being something that they're not. Why am I doing that? Now, I've already acknowledged that I have this condition. And so my vision is blurred. That's part of the acknowledgement. So maybe I just answered my own question. No one's willing to share the stage with me here. Hold on. Not not hold on to come on. I'd love to have you come on at any, 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 any time. Feel free to interrupt, whatever. Don't, don't be shy. I'm not. Um, but I think I answered my own question there. Because when you go back to acknowledgement and you're talking about different phases of acknowledgement, That is a different process than being at that place of really accepting that you have to release this fantasy. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning saying, okay, I do have mama drama trauma. I do have 15 telltale signs of mama drama trauma. 
Okay. And we've already talked about that. All right. Yeah, that's me. You describing me. Yep. I got it. Okay. So that's acknowledge. And so, yes, that is four steps away. We still have ASPIR resurrection before we even get to the piece about releasing the fantasy. Because we do, we do have to go through that self-inquiry, right? Because the acknowledgement is, is the shame. That's why it's so hard to acknowledge. And the first step we covered Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five stages of grieving. That's why the first step is denial in her process, because we deny for us acknowledge. Okay, we can't continue to uh, be ruled, controlled, and defeated by the taboo of MDT in order to heal. We can't have it both ways. Either we defeat the taboo and completely transform it in our lives, or we allow it to continue to transform us in ways that don't feel so healthy, you know, just always kind of sick. My gut, I just, I got this IBS real bad and nothing I do seems to do anything about it because I'm not processing my emotions. The taboos keeping me from processing my emotions. And so the body mind can only carry that kind of negative energy for so long before it begins to attack the organs that it resonates with in the chakra system, in the meridian system. It will begin to attack the body because it's not going to hold it. That's too high of a frequency to hold that kind of dense energy. But the body can. And it will jack up your intestinal processing. Jack it up. For some reason, no matter what I do, I have these sexual issues. You know, if it's not fibroid tumors, it's this, it's that, it's this and that, all kind of infections, all kind of whatever. You know, I'm sick about this and that. Even when I had a kid, is this and this. And that. Why? What's that all about? Blame, projection, allowing others to control my desires based on the taboo. Can't address this. It's taboo. Who do you think I am? When the whole world says the mother's sacred, and you want me to up here and talk about acknowledge? I don't think so. Well, okay. No matter what I do, my rectum, I have problems with, with I have rectal issues. Nope, nobody knows what's going on. I tell you, it's the root chakra vibrationally not acknowledging this. So this is what we're dealing with. This is what I've dealt with and what I um, am so blessed to assist, you know, others in um, overcoming. I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing short of divine miracles, you know, happening uh, with this type of work. And so I was just asking if by any chance that kind of um, breakdown is useful, um, how this message um, is resonating with you. Usually when I get to this point, believe me, I'm used to it. I've been doing this for 10 years. And this is the time people are more open. Imagine that. So this is new to me. Uh, crickets, taboo, crickets, taboo, crickets, taboo. Okay. Um, 
I am going to do a group read before I go. I have to get back to my drawing board here. Got all kinds of deadlines coming up on some projects, like I mentioned, where some feedback would be useful, but I do have other sources of feedback. Um, if you're willing to give it, I'm willing to receive it. But in the meantime, in between time, I'm going to do, excuse me, a group reading just for people who are on now are listening to this podcast in the near future or anytime you listen to this, this reading will be for you too. How about that? From the Mama Drama Drama Healing Oracle Deck. Um, and I have to remember, this is the first time people are hearing somebody talk about this taboo, Tammy, just because you've been talking about it and working with people for 10 years doesn't mean people who are just hearing this are not freaking out just a little bit. Okay. Um, 49 card deck. We just went over all the suits. There's six suits. Okay. And so the acknowledged suit, each of them has eight cards based on the eight lunar phases. The moon is another physical archetype, a material manifestation of great mother energy. We all hear about the moon and the sun being great father energy. And it's also reflected as that in our birth charts. So our sun is the soul, represents our soul energy. The moon represents our internal space. Again, that memory, those emotions, it's really how we respond to things. A lot of times we feel more like our moon sign in our charts than we do our sun sign. And that's why. It's our feelings. <laughs> the soul is it's really kind of big, you know. It's our auric field. We may not be in touch with that. If you are, you'll feel your sun sign. Um, let's see here. What do we want to ask Great Mother? Just what Great Mother, what do you want us to know today? What do you want us to know today as we go about our day, our afternoon, our evening, our night? What is it that you want us to know today? Okay, we'll just ask Great Mother that. Great Mother speaks oracle decks. Uh, there are three of them. Of course, this is the one I use for Mama Drama Trauma. She's been downloading these um, systems of speaking to her children through me. And it's been quite a magical process. So um, I love sharing this with you. Her messages are always, always very nurturing, of course, as a mother. Very direct and to the point like a great mother. Um, and very lovingly detached like a great mother as well, honoring our free will. Great Mother is saying that today, most of us are approaching this day ready, willing, and able to embrace our shadows. Okay, so 36 of the 49 cards are of gods and goddesses, um, our elder brothers and sisters who have already gone through the healing process of Mama Drama Trauma. We know that all of our mythological stories have some type of a Mama Drama Trauma or Daddy Drama Trauma associated with them. The taboo is right in front of our faces, but we can't see it because it is such. it evokes such a primal fear to really, really look at that. But it's, 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 it's obvious. All of our um, mechanical 
um, foundational stories of civilization are all based on uh, family dysfunction. And so that is because the family unit is the master teacher of the soul in physical form. And we're here to learn. Ta-da! There we go. So we are ready, willing, and able to embrace the shadow of today. Shadows are things that we do not see, simply. And more insightfully, often things we do not want to see or do not want others to see in us. Those are shadows. And so this is a powerful crew here hanging in with me, uh, ready, willing, and able to embrace the shadow. <clears throat> Excuse me. So she's saying that she sees us as having this willingness and the transformative opportunity as a result of that willingness is the law of mystery and divine order, soul contract. And so we have an opportunity, therefore, to transform ourselves through our soul contract. And of course, the soul contract of Mama Drama Trauma is to evolve in self-love and spiritual evolution. It is through the master class of maternal deprivation that we are given the opportunity. It feels coerced but we are given the opportunity to learn to love ourselves because we're not going to get it from her, okay? We're not going to get the kind of love we need from her. So in order to get it, we have an opportunity this lifetime to learn how to give that love to ourselves. That's the sole contract of MDT, to evolve in self-love and Spiritual independence, that's transcending the taboo that says you cannot feel how you feel. You cannot acknowledge what your soul feels. You cannot self-inquire because you're not worthy. You cannot process because you are not capable of processing these kinds of emotions. You are not capable of going into the dark night. That's taboo. All of these no's, no's, no's keeping us confined into self-hatred to the point that we are completely dysmorphosized through these fantasies that we can't let go of. And I don't know what makes them so great other than we have this conditioned belief that something else outside of us is better than us. We are conditioned to believe that. And we are taught that by our mothers because they were taught that. So great mother is saying we have a transformational opportunity to release all of that through our soul contract. That's what we're here to do. And whatever our soul contract is, we are fully equipped to do it. We're not given a contract and saying, ah, oh, well, uh, I don't know if you can do that. It, it doesn't work like that. That's a different kind of God. Okay. Uh, that's a different kind of religion. Uh, that's the shame, blame, guilt, judgment, condemnation. We're not talking about that. We're talking about divinity identity. Not um, shame, blame, and guilt identity. That's Old Testament. 
we rolling and rocking with Christ consciousness, with um, Krishna consciousness, with uh, consciousness that says, I am a dearly loved divine child, the great mother, father, God, who's never judged, condemned or left alone. She's saying, don't overlook the rage, Sekhmet, the Egyptian goddess of rage. Her father, Ptah, sends her down from the heavens to quell the greed and the disorder, much like today in Egypt, in ancient Egypt. And she's so devoted and so loving of her father and so obedient to him. She feels his heart for his people and she descends into the material realm and those emotions, that loyalty to her royal line of custodianship of these people intensifies. That's what happens when we descend, when we incarnate, whatever frequency that we're on, it intensifies in the physical form of dense matter. And as Sekhmet, she became enraged. That compassion turned into rage. And... It was a drunken rage, and she was given all of the wine and all of the intoxication that she needed. A lot of times, you know, that's what addiction is. You, I just need a little hit of something so I can do what I need to do. You hear me, you know? And we go through that, and that's what I'm saying. These archetypal mythologies that we base our culture on tells us that this is process. This is healing process. This is nothing new. We have what we need to fulfill our contracts if only we focus on it. She was drunken to the point where the wine and, and angry, drunken, drunken rage, whether how the people were acting, and she didn't know what to do. The the wine around her and that it spilled around her from this drunken rage turned into blood. And the story ends up that the compassion does return to her through a human act that allowed her to see the divinity within man, that she cleaned that mess up and she did what her father said to do. That segment, great mother is telling us, don't overlook the rage, go through that process. That's an important part of your process to express and to get that out. Do it in a way that doesn't hurt yourself and hurt others. Dance, drum, run around the backyard back and forth 15 times. Do whatever you need to do to expunge that because by the time you finish and you're bending down, breathing hard, that idea is able to come to you through the ethers that you've been waiting for. It was just blocked. That's all. It was just blocked. That's what Great Mother's telling us. She's telling us. Go ahead, embrace that shadow. There's a goodie in there for you. The center card here is Sheila Nagig, broken, open heart. This is heart chakra, crescent, oh no, waning moon energy, excuse me. Did a reading for somebody, in, um, um, where was she? Um, oh, I can't remember the town in Australia that she was from because I knew of somebody else from there. And so all the moon phases are reversed, but in the Northern Hemisphere, it's waning moon energy, not waxing. Sheila Nagig is in the center, broken open heart. Perth, yeah, that's it, Perth, uh, Western Australia. This energy is all about the yin and yang of the broken heart. 
Great Mother is acknowledging our broken hearts. She is acknowledging that a broken heart is also an open heart. And for any of us who are resisting the breaking completely open of our hearts, she wants to remind you that that is the lotus opening. That is that powerful heart opening that allows you to receive the new seed of rebirth. Heart chakra integrity is before resurrection. And so we have to be seated with the resurrection before it occurs. And we are seated through the broken heart because the broken heart is the release of the pain associated with the shadow. So we have a lot of help, a lot of help, a lot of energetic help that we do not know. But this is a confirmation that we have this help and the help that you do know is there because you need it. But she's letting you know there's even more than that. And she's letting you know that there is support for you in this death and rebirth process with the Horse Osiris card. The Horse Osiris card is a waxing throat chakra moon energy that she's saying the embrace of the shadow to really deal with the soul contract of evolving self-love and spiritual independence and the rage, this process is being helped through a death and rebirthing that's occurring in your life right now. The, the, the death of things that have been is the fertile soil for the new things that will be. And the energy that you are putting into this through your conscious work through listening to this, listening to others, listening first and foremost to yourself and what that rage is saying to you and how that is going to facilitate your self-love and your spiritual independence. That's the gear. That's the ignition that really allows the agas, the angels, the guides and the ancestors to really come in and show out. And so this is what Great Mother is saying because in the position of our collective egos. Okay. That's the first time that ever happened to me. I got a, a phone call and the microphone went off. So sorry about that. In the position of ego soul alignment is the birth mother soulmate card. And this is exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> so if you weren't here during the whole thing about the mother child bond being a soulmate bond, then 
this is saying our present ego soul alignment is all about this. So whether I've heard from you or not, whoever's listening to this reading is vibing with this whole thing about um, our mother being our soulmate to help us to evolve in self-love and spiritual independence. So that's good to know, great mother. I was asking and all I got to do is ask you. And that's all you have to do too. Um, get a deck, become a part of the MDT Academy. That's what we do. We learn the deck and um, I do readings with you for you to learn how to use your deck. And there are classes that go through each of the suits that are already recorded, um, self-guided learning on um, our academy at Teachable. And this is Root Chakra Crescent Moon Energy Birth Mother. This is just realizing whatever that 3P is for you, that presence, provision, and protection need that you have maternally that is not met. When the birth mother card shows up, great mother is saying, I see you. I hear you in that unmet need. I need you to acknowledge that is what great mother is saying. That's you, boo-boo. That's your soul evolution. I need you to work with that. And that's underneath the shadow card of Inanna. Embrace the shadow. And so for many of us on this call, that's in the shadows of something that we may not be fully aware of, but we're down with um, finding out because in the why position, why does the soul want us to collectively work in this heart chakra, waning moon energy of Sheila Nagig, this broken open heart. We know Sheila Nagig, the Gaelic uh, goddess of the um, portals. We see above the ancient churches, this crone opening her womb, the ovum and scaring us with her face, you know, like this squall on her face. And even the churches um, all along um, the cathedral tour of the United Kingdom, Sheila Nagig is at the archway with her open ovum, you know, and this broken open heart, the soul is wanting us to realize this open lotus of opening ourselves to this healing is important. And why is because we have gifts, talents, and abilities in the white position, the raw card, sun raw card. This is third eye energy. This is um, waxing moon energy. We have uh, things to do. You know, we have a life to live beyond MDT. <laughs> We get we we get we get things to do. We have a life to live. And that's why the soul wants us to allow our hearts to break open. And it's painful. Um, I remember um going through this process very vividly. It's it is it, something that will stay with your spirit. And as I always say, uh when people ask, Well, do you ever get over it? Do you never get over that? Do you never get over it? It's not so much about getting over mama drama trauma. It's not what it's about. Um, we're talking about the soul here, okay? Um, so the soul is not concerned about time. It knows it's an eternal being. It's not stressed out about that, like this little body that's going to be yet another skull on the ground to the soul in a minute. Um, so 
But what it is concerned about is that it's not so much that we get over it, but that the love never leaves us. The love of our child, the love of our mother never leaves us. We just have to be reprogrammed. We just have to be rewired. However you want to say it, relearn, whatever. Uh, uh, Christ said it best, you know, um, um, what did he say about the mind? You know, you have to um, um, renew the mind. The mind has to be renewed around that because we associate pain with love. And we can do that. That's fine if that's what you want to do. But if it's what you don't want to do, you want to change your mind so that you experience love is love and pain is pain. Okay, so that you, you know, uh, cut those wires of connection and the love never leaves. I live in love and detachment from my mother. The love ain't going nowhere. Ever. Eternally. Ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you know, it's just that my relationship to the pain of shame, blame and guilt in my life has shifted to where that doesn't occupy space in my life to that degree. I don't give that space in my life. I got enough of that to deal with just with myself. I don't need to be adding on to it with a consciousness that is dead and determined to keep teaching me that in that way, in that painful way. This is a more loving way. And great mother is saying, Tammy, and everybody else listening to you, you got gifts, talents, and abilities to share with the world. And so that's why the soul wants to open its heart more beyond that. How the soul wants to do it in that position is another heart chakra energy card. But this is the new moon. <clears throat> Excuse me. New moon is planting that seed and this planting the seed of inner wisdom, the inner wisdom of knowing what is best for me. And that's how the soul wants to do it. How the soul wants to open his heart to share his gifts, talents, and abilities collectively is through knowing what is best for us. What Knowing what is it that I do? What gift ability that I have that makes me happy, healthy, and whole? Well, I might have to explore that and experiment with that for a while. And my entire first half of my life was exactly that. So if you are feeling like you don't know exactly what it is or exactly how to do it or this and whatever, um, this tight program that I have has taken 25 years to develop. So, um, and I didn't know that it was going to be a program. I wasn't raising my hand wanting to do this work, you know, it, it was taboo and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, we discover these things, we find these things out and our inner wisdom confirms them. And so your inner wisdom has done that already for many of you and for others, it will do the same for you and you will know, you know, you know. And then finally, what great mother wants us to know is that the outcome of all of this is 
we are at a crossroads, Hakati, the Greek goddess. We're at a crossroads, throat chakra, crescent moon energy. And she wants us to know that there is a toll to pay to be in this space of divinity identity and our birthright to be happy, healthy, and whole. She wants us to know that that toll that we pay, that energy exchange, which is what I call what I receive for the work that I do. It's an energy exchange. For this, embracing the shadow, releasing the rage to be born, to see our mothers as she is and with an open heart so that we can move beyond the shame, blame, and guilt and embrace our gifts, talents, and abilities through our inner wisdom. The toll that we have to pay is that release. Is what we it's what she's just shared with us. That's the toll. Is to let it go. So that's grieving the mother child we want. And that's how we do it. We do it with self-love. We do it with our own inner wisdom of spiritual independence. Um, the burden of adhering to someone else's program uh, becomes quite intense in this kind of healing process. In the beginning, it's important to have a foundation, whatever that is, that resonates with you. Um, and to maintain that foundation as long as it resonates with you in your inner wisdom because that is the foundation of your healing. That's where it comes from. But if there is a conflict there, then that is the opening heart. That is the opportunity to open the heart to greater love beyond the constraints of what was previously thought to be the extent of maternal love available to you. Thank you so much for listening. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love sharing this with you. And I love that Great Mother came through with a reading for all of us about grieving the mother child we want. Have a wonderful rest of the day, evening or night. But above all and most of all, remember, Great Mother loves you and I do too. Father God, a divine child of the great mother, Father God. I'm a divine.